This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. The Mardasar Shlita, Harav Agoin, Rabben Chaim, my Yedid Ne'eman, my Shachin Tov, and uh, we're very lucky to have uh, Rabbi Ben Chaim both as our neighbor uh, for uh, Beis HaKnesset and as a neighbor uh, personally. So every rabbi has to have a rabbi. So Rabbi Ben Chaim is my rav. He's, he lives right next to me. So this way I'm protected. I feel very safe. I feel very secure. And I'm mevarich the rav with many happy and healthy years. I'll kisei mamlachtoi to lead this kehillah. I'd be asked sadak. Shiva Sarbatamos. The Mishnah Masechta Tanis enumerates five tragedies that occurred on Shiva Sarbatamos. The Mishnah says on Daf Chavav, Chamisha Dvarim Iruas Aveseinu Beshiva Sarbatamos, the Chamisha Betishavav. Five tragedies happened on the 17th of Tamas. The Mishnah says, number one, Nishtabru Haluchais, the tablets were broken. Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai. At the end of 40 days, he was expecting to see the Jewish people eagerly receiving him. And to his utter dismay, they were worshipping idols. They were worshipping the Egal. And he took the Luchais and he smashed the Luchais. That happened on the 17th day of Tammuz. Ubatel HaTamid. The carbon Tamid stopped being brought. Now when did that happen? There's a big discussion. When did the carbon Tamid stop being brought? The Yushalmi brings two opinions. The Yushalmi brings the opinion of Rabbi Shimon that it stopped being brought in the times of the second base Hamikdash during Greek occupation. Rabbi Levi says no, during Roman occupation. The Rambam says no, it happened during Bayes Rishon. Rashi and Sefer Daniel says it happened during Greek occupation and this is one of the tragedies that was brought about by Apostamos. The Mishnah continues with the third tragedy. The Mishnah says, Hufka Hayir, the city was breached. When? Second Beis HaMikdash. When, when was the city breached during the times of the Bayes Rishon? If you look in the Navi, the Navi says it was breached on the 9th of Tammuz. Is that accurate? So it's interesting. The Bavli says it happened on the 9th of Tammuz, and the Navi is accurate. The Yushami says no, it happened on the 17th of Tammuz, and the Navi is not accurate. So Toysus asks, how could the Navi not be accurate? It's the prophet. He's getting the word straight from God. So Toysus says the times were so chaotic, in order to preserve the chaos of the times, they purposely distorted the date just so that you get a picture for how dark and bleak the time was. The fourth tragedy, Apostomos burnt the Sefer Torah. Which Sefer Torah? Some suggest the Sefer Torah of Ezra, the authentic, authoritative Sefer Torah. And then finally the Mishnah says, Vehemed Tselem, Behecha, they put up an idol, they erected an idol in the Hecha. Five tragedies that occurred on Shiva Asr And what's very interesting is, it seems random that these five tragedies that don't have any common theme, that they should all occur specifically on the 17th day of Tammuz. And what's more unusual is that the Mishnah is not even listing them in chronological order. 
Okay, Moshe broke the luchos, we know that happened in the Midbar, all the way in the beginning of the origins of the Jewish people. But in terms of the other tragedies, when was this Selem put up in the Heichal? Rashi says, by the King Menashe in the times of Ayas Rishon. So if it was put up in the times of Ayas Rishon, it should be the second tragedy listed in the Mishnah. Why is it listed fifth? According to the Bavli, they breached the walls of Yushalayim on the 17th only by Bayashani, not by Bayas Rishon. So then why is Hufka Hoyer mentioned third? She mentioned later in the Mishnah. So it seems like this random collection of tragedies that are not connected, there's no thematic approach to explain these five tragedies. So that's what we would like to try to understand. Why did all these five tragedies occur on the 17th day of Tammuz? Of course we know this Shabbos we read Parshas Balak. It's interesting that we would name a parsha after Balak. He wasn't the biggest tzaddik. He hired Bilam to destroy the Jewish people. Reb Chaim Falaji writes, do not refer to Parshas Kairach as Parshas Kairach because he was a Rasha, Veshem Rishaim Yerkav. Now, Kairach was a Rasha, but I don't know that Bilam would be considered greater than Kairach, so if you can't call it Kairach, why could you call it Balak? Why would we name a Parsha after him? And why is Balak the preparation for Shavasa Batamas? What's very interesting is that after Bilam was unsuccessful time and time again to curse the Jewish people, it says he went up to the mountain, Vayar Bilam Kitoi Be'ene Hashem Levarches Yisrael. Bilam saw he couldn't curse the Jewish people. So he had to try a new technique. This time he's not going to go to the snakes. So he sets his sight to the desert. Says Rashi. What's he looking at at the desert? What's in the desert? Says Rashi, Kitargumai. Look at the Targum. Says the Targum. You have it on your sheet. Vachaza bilam arei sakin kadam Hashem levaracha yos Yisrael v'lo halach kizman bizman elohein lo kadamus nechashaya v'shavi lo kovel egla. He's looking at the egel. Now he'll get us. He's focusing on the egel. Now he'll be able to curse us. What's his obsession with the egel? Interestingly, the Arizal writes in the Shar Hapsukim. And I can't explain this. I'm just reporting the facts. You ask your rabbis for the deeper explanation. But the Arizal reveals that the soul of Bilam's father, Be'or, animal, Be'or means behema, was trapped in the Egel, and that was the voice that cried out, Ela Elohecha Yisrael. And I believe this would give some insight what Bilam's obsession with the Egel was. This is his dad. His dad was a cow. So Bilam is focused on Ba'ar. Furthermore, the Arizal tells us in the Sharha Galgulim, who made the Egel? Who built the Egel? You know, Bilam had a lot of Goyesh and Achas. Bilam had two boys. Their names were Yunus and Yumbarus. And they were the ones who built the Egel how they got to the Jewish camp, how they made the Egel, can't tell you. 
That's, you'll discuss that after I leave. But Yunus and Yumbrus were going, in fact, Hagim Yonasim ben Uziel says that when Bilam went to travel, it says, Vayikach HaShnei he took his two lads. Who are his two lads? Says it, Targum Yonasim and Uziel, Yunus and Yumbura. So now we understand why Bilam is obsessed with the Egal. His father's soul is in the Egal. His kids built the Egal. Bilam looks at the Egal and he sheps all kinds of nachas from the Egal. The Egal just made Bilam he tickled him pink when he saw that Egal. When that Egal was mooing, it just gave Bilam such a good and warm feeling. Look, he was successful in raising his children in the proper way. Now, in Sefer Tehillim, in Parakuf Vav, it gives us a whole account of all the various episodes that took place in the Midbar, from all the miracles that God brought to the Jewish people, and then it talks about the Chet Ho'egel, watch this, Vayamiru es Kavoidam, they exchanged their honor, this refers to the sin of the golden calf, they exchanged God, our honor, Betavnis Shar Oichel Esev, in the image of an ox that eats grass. So we took God Almighty and we exchanged Him for a cow. That's what the Pasuk says. Here's the problem. Why is the Pasuk giving me the diet of the cow? You know what kind of cow? The cow ate grass. Why do I care what the cow ate? Let's say the cow ate kebeh or the cow ate kishka. Does it matter what the cow ate? Is it relevant what the cow ate? They exchanged God for a cow. Why does it have to say the cow ate grass? The Arizal writes in a footnote, David Amalek is not giving you the diet of the cow. David Amalek is giving you the date that they made the cow. Asev, Shiva, Asar, Betamas. We don't care what the cow ate. We're giving you the date. Asev, Shiva, Asar, Betamas. In fact, this word Asev, whenever you see that word Asev, grass, grass is always an allusion to the 17th day of Tamas. I'll give you another example. The Pasuk says in Shir Hashirim, Ad Sheha Melech While the king was still at the party, we gave off a foul smell. What's this talking about? Here we are, we're standing at Sinai. God is the groom. We're the bride. And instead of being faithful to our groom, we run off. We're mezana. We worship an idol. We serve the cow. And we gave off a bad smell. We did something despicable. Look at the words, says the Reikach. The Reikach is one of the Rishonim, Rebelezer of Garmaiza, the master of the secret, Ramazim of the Chumash. Ad shehamelech b'mesibay. Roshay Tevois. Ad shehamelech b'mesibay. Asev. Again, Asev. Why? Because this occurred on the 17th day of Tammuz. Ad shehamelech b'mesibay. Now when Moshe Rabbeinu broke the Luchais, Chazal say it brought a certain phenomenon to the world. It brought shikhas hatoira to the world. People began to forget their learning. The Aruch Laner. The Aruch Laner was one of the all-time great Achroinim. He lived from 1798 to 1871. The Aruch Laner wrote a commentary on Shas. Many Mesechtas, Yivamais, Makais, Erechin. 
The Archaner wrote a commentary on Shulchanarch Archaim Hilchay Sukkah that the Mishabura quotes almost on every page. The Archaner was an incredible masmid. He went to sleep every night at 2 a.m. after Tikkun Chatzois, and he was up at 5 a.m. in Talas and Tfilin, and he learned from 5 a.m. until Chatzois Hayoim, and only then he would eat. If you look at a picture of the Archaner, he was someone who attended university, he was educated in all disciplines, but he was such a lamdin, Rabbi Kiva Eger wrote notes on the chidushim of the Archlaner. The Archlaner says that the five tragedies enumerated in the Mishnah Tainus are not a random collection of five isolated events, but rather they are the five-step program of Jewish decline throughout the history of the world. In other words, if you see Jews in Western Europe, or in America, that are not observant, that have given up of the faith, that maybe have abandoned the religion, you could take it to the bank that the way it happens is a five-step downward spiral. These are not five historic events, these are five phenomenon that occur to the Jewish people, and that causes massive movement away from the Torah. Step number one, Nishtabru Haluchais. You had a family, you had a father, you had a grandfather who would learn Torah every single day. He would come to the Beis HaKnesses and then after Shul, he would join together with Chevra Shas or Chevra Mishnayis. And then he said, you know what? Maybe I need to make more money. Maybe I need to care for the family more. Maybe I just need to relax a little bit, and instead of learning every day, he said, you know what, I'll learn once in a while. That's generation one. Nishtabru haluchais. The Torah is broken. He thinks it's a minor thing. He still learns, he still comes to Beis HaKnesses, he still gives tzedakah. He still eats Jewish traditional foods, which of course is the most important thing. But then the next generation, Batla Hatamid. Instead of coming to Beis HaKnesses, Shachris, Mincha, and Marev. Okay, Marev. I once heard the Rambam says, Marev is Rishus. Even though, you know, Marev Rishus means that if you have a different mitzvah instead of Marev, you're allowed to do that other mitzvah. But of course, we know the Rishonim say, Kal Yisrael has already accepted Marev as a choyv. It's an, it's an obligation. So maybe I won't come to Marav with a minion every single night. And then maybe Mincha once in a while, I'm at the office, the, the minion is 15 minutes away, but you have to go 18 minutes. Now, nah, come on, nobody really does that. And then Shacharis, I'll go Monday and Thursday, and then just Shabbos, and then just Shabbos morning, and then just Shabbos Mavarchim, and then just Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and then Tkiah Shoifar, Ne'ilah, and then, but lahatamid. And once the learning goes, and once the davening goes, hufka ha'ir. The city is breached. The city is the Adam. Ir Kitana, the small city, Kahela says. The city is breached. The Yitzhahara has infiltrated. Now the Yitzhahara has this family prey. 
And the next step is Sarafes HaTayra. They hate the Tyra. The Bolsheviks who destroyed Judaism were Jews. The Inquisitors were all of Jewish descent. Turkamada was of Jewish descent. Sarafes HaTayra. You think a guy could do that? No, they would never figure that out. All the enemies of the Jewish people, of course, Sarafes HaTayra, they were Jews. Meharsayich umachrivayich mimeyayich yitzayu. And then the next generation, instead of wearing the Star of David around their neck, Hamed Tzalem Behechal, they're wearing the sign of a different religion. How did it start? Not coming to the Shir, not coming to the Sadarim, not being lax in Limanat Torah. That's step one, being lax in Limanat Torah, being lax in coming to the Beis HaKnesset, Huvka Ahoir, Saraf Hemet Selam Behechal. These are not five historic events, these are five phenomenon in the downward spiral of the Jewish people. So it comes out, the whole Churban came out as a result of slackening off the Lima Which means that the Avoida, the job of Klal Yisrael during this time of the year, is to counteract Nishtabra Haluchais, to be Mechazek and Lima Quite an incredible observation. How many days are in the three weeks? 21, right? The answer is there's no such thing as three weeks. There are 22 days. Today is Sunday, right? Tisha B'Av will be Sunday. So if we make a very complicated mathematical computation, that if it starts on a Sunday and it ends on a Sunday, that's 22 days. Days. It's a big question because the Navi Yirmiya saw in a vision Makel Shaked, an almond, a staff of an almond branch. And we know Rashi says the almond branch takes 21 days to blossom, but there aren't 21 days, there are 22 days. Says the B'nai Yisachar, if there are 22 days in the three weeks, and each day is 24 hours, how many hours in the three weeks? 22 times 24. Any good accountants present? 22 times 24. Now, I was testing you, because you say, I'll pull out my phone, but you know you can't take out a phone in a Beis HaKnesset. So, Baruch Hashem, you're a Mekayim, the Indian of Loi Batla HaTamid. That's part of Batla HaTamid. Part of Batla HaTamid is, even if you come to the Beis HaKnesset, but if you split your attention between the Sidur and the Telephone, telephone, or whatever it's called, that's also batla hatamid. See, tefillah is ula avdai you, you never heard me say this, right? Tefillah is ula avdai bechal levavchem, to serve God with all your heart. But if your phone is on, I'm not so talking about even looking at it, if it's on, on, that means that even if it's not on vibrate, if it's on, you're going to be having these phantom sensations imaginary sensations that people are trying to get your attention. So you're splitting your time between the Almighty and some telemarketer who's trying to take away your money. He's trying to scam you. 
I mean, when was the last time somebody called you for something good? They just, they just want to take something from you. In any event, there are 22 days of the three weeks. Each day has 24 hours. That means there are a total of 528 hours in the three weeks. Gematria mafteach, key. They're the key of Geula. Says the Bnei Yisachar, you know what else is 528? Says Megal HaMukas. Megal HaMukas was the Rav in Krakow. In the times of the Taz and the Bach, he could go to his grave, and on his grave it says he had Giloy Eliyahu Panim El Panim. He, he spoke to Elijah the prophet face to face. The Megal HaMukas says, there are 528 Prakim in Shas. There are 528 prokim in Shisha Sidre Mishnah. So Menei Sassel says, actually, Rabbi Shaya Pick, the author of Masar Sasha, says there are 523. Yeah, there are 523 prokim of Mishnah proper, but there are another five prokim of Toisefta and Brisa. So you have the fourth parak of Bikurim, the sixth parak of Avois, Toisefta and Psachim, Toisefta and Kedushin, and in Saita, so you have 523 prakim of Mishnah, 5 prakim of Toisefta, 528. The 528 prakim of Shas correspond to the 528 hours of the three weeks, which indicates we got into this mess, Nishtabra Haluchais. We slackened off in learning. Maisha broke the Luchais. The way we're going to rectify, the way we're going to correct that, is we're going to dedicate the 528 hours of the three weeks to Limud, Shisha, Sidre Mishnah, Shas, Taira. Ein Kalagoliois, Miskansois, Ela, Bischus, Mishnayis, Shenemar, Gam, Kiyitnu, Bagoyim, Atarakabtseim. So actually, the 523 prakim of Mishnah proper correspond to the first 523 hours of the three weeks. The last five hours that are only Toisefta, we already get off the floor on Tishabav. We're ready, we done them, we finished the Mishnah, now you can get up. You still can't eat, but now you can get up. Which means, think about it, Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to Harsina on the sixth day of Sivan. And we think, that the Torah was given to the Jewish people on Shavuot. But actually, Moshe got it on Shavuot. But when does he bring it down to the people? Shiva, Asar, which month? Tammuz! By the way, one of the tragedies we said that happened today was Batla HaTamid. That means the first 16 days of Tammuz, they brought the Tammid. The 17th day, they didn't bring the Tammid. So we have to rectify the 17th day. That's why in this week's parsha, Pinchas, it says the word Tamid 17 times. Says the Moshe Wolfson, 17 times. And Tammuz is Gematria Tamid. Now, says Rav Nachman of Breslov, Tammuz stands for Zeman Matan Torah Because this is the month God tried to give us the Torah. But we weren't interested. We were interested in a cow that eats grass. That's Shar Oichel Esav. That's why I never eat grass. That's not a good idea to eat grass. Even on a tanis, don't think nobody's looking. No, no, don't eat anything. Not even grass. Especially not grass. What else does Tamo stand for? It says Rav Nachman, Tamo stands for when Moshe broke the Luchais, he brought Shikha to the world. 
So Tama stands for Zichru Torat Moshe. Remember the Torah. Don't forget the Torah. So Rav Nachman asks, but what happened to the Vav? Tammuz is Taf Mem Vav Zayin. The Luchais were six by six, and Moshe broke them, so we don't deal with the Vav, because Moshe broke the Luchos. So the Avoida of these three weeks, the 528 hours of the three weeks, is to dedicate ourselves to the 528 Prakim of the Shas. Now, not, you don't have to do all of them. You could even do one. That's also. You take one. You are dedicated to that body of information called the 528. Even if you dedicate yourself to one Mishnah, you're dedicated to the 528. We're going to read the Haftarah during the three weeks. Tzihiyayin b'mishpati padeh v'shaveha Says Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zanefeld. Tzihiyayin b'mishpati padeh Zion will be redeemed with mishpat. Gematria Talmud Yushalmi v'shaveha b'tzedaka Gematria Talmud Bavli. The Briskarov heard this gematria. He said, there's no question, Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zanfeld had Ruach HaKodesh to be able to uncover. Tzioin b'mishpat tipadeh is Talmud Yushami, v'shaveha b'tzedaka is Talmud Bavli. So the Kali Yisrael comes to Aaron. He says, Aaron, do us a favor. Make us a nice cow. So Aaron was stalling for time. He's pushing them off. He said, no, we can't do it today. We can't start it now. You know what we're going to have to do? He says, Chag Lashem Machar. Tomorrow will be a holiday. Wait till tomorrow. Says the Chida, Chag Lashem Machar. Sometimes Machar means tomorrow. And sometimes Machar means far off in the future. Like, when your kid asks you far off in the future. What Aaron was saying was, right now, today, is a tragic day. We're going to make the Egel. The luchos are going to be broken. The Torah will be forgotten. That's the first step in the five-step downward spiral. But the day will come that this 17th day of Tammuz will be a holiday, will be a Yom Tif, like the Navi Zechariah says. Tzayim Haravi, v'tzayim HaChamishi, v'tzayim HaShvi, v'tzayim HaAsiri, Yiyeh Lebei Sihuda, v'sasayinu l'simcha, u'lamayadim toivim. So we hope in the merit of our coming together, to learn Torah, to dedicate ourselves to the 528 prakim of Shas, during these 528 hours, we hope the Rebun Shalom will reverse the five-step tragedy of Chodesh Tammuz, of Zichru Torah Moshe, and we'll be able to experience Chag Lashem Machar. The dramatic music always helps. So, in Parshas Kisisa, we're going to read it by Mincha, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Let's make a deal. In the presence of your people, I will make wonders. That were never created in the land. God doesn't make a promise. 
He seals a treaty with the Jewish people. I'm going to make a deal. I'm going to make a treaty with you. I will make wonders and miracles for you, the likes of which the world has never seen. And the Ramban asks, what's this talking about? God already took us out of Egypt. There is nothing that the Yibam ever did that surpasses the miracles of Egypt. So what's this talking about? What is this deal? What is this covenant? What is this treaty that the Yibam is making with the Jewish people? That he's promising to make miracles greater than he ever performed in the whole world. You know, we have this very unusual element of Tishabav. That Tishabav, the Navi Yermia says, Kara Alai Moyed is a Moyed. Now, literally, we would understand that to mean it's a, a time, a, a predisposed, opportune time. It's a set time, perhaps for tragedy. And yet the Shulchan Aruch says there is a festive holiday aspect to Tishabav. You say Tachnon on Tishabav? We Ashkenazim, we don't say Tachnon on Tishabav. Sfardim, don't say Tachnon on Tishabav. That's one thing we could agree upon. Okay? We don't say Tachnon on Tishabav. How about Erev Tishabav? No, we don't say Tachnon on Erev Tishabav. We don't say Tachnon on Erev Tishabav either. Put it there. Okay? So on Tishabah, we don't say Tachnan. On Erev Tishabah, we don't say Tachnan. How about Siduk Hadin? No, we don't say that. It's a Yom Tif. You know, with Yom Tovim like that, who need, you know, what kind of Yom Tif is Tishabah? It's a Yom Tif? It's a joyous occasion? It's a happy time? What exactly is the Moyed of Tishabah? What exactly are we celebrating? Rabbi Yaakov Emden analyzing the history of the Jewish people how in Egypt 80% of our nation was destroyed. Destruction of the first base of Mikdash the death toll was enormous. Times of the second base of Mikdash those who perished or were murdered by the sword, 1.1 million Jews, and then the Romans chased down every last Jew they could find. During the Crusades, thousands of Jews massacred. 1391 in Spain, 300,000 Jews forcibly baptized. Chalmanitsky pogroms. Says of Yaakov Emden, Eich how can the heretic not be utterly ashamed? By analyzing the state of the Jewish people in the world. We the scattered sheep. After everything we've endured. Thousands and thousands of years of tragic persecution. Says of Yaakov Emden, After 3,000 years of this, I swear, 
When I contemplate the wonder of Jewish survival, God it is greater to me, it surpasses. Mikal Nisim and Eflai Shahashem Israhlabimitsrayim. You know, people say, if only God would show me a miracle, if only I could see the splitting of the Red Sea, then I would believe in him. But I don't see anything, I don't see anything miraculous, so it's very hard to, to have Amuna. Says Rabbi Yaakov Emden, the miracle of Jewish survival is much more compelling and much more miraculous than any isolated or combined miracle that Hashem did for us in Mitzrayim. And if this is what Rabbi Yaakov Emden writes in the 18th century, what would Rabbi Yaakov Emden say if he came into Kehila Kedosha? of my beloved friends here in Kehilas Shari Amuna, and he would see Jews today in 2022, after Holocaust, after the last 200 years. What would Rabbi Yaakov Emden say about the miracle of seeing a Jew today? Perhaps he would say, it's a miracle, she'en kal malach uberia yechoylim l'shayr. You see, your ancestors in the desert, they only saw Kriyat Yamsuf. They only saw the man. And they say, God, if you would only show us a real miracle, like a Jew in 2022, then we wouldn't be complaining every Monday and Thursday that we have nothing to eat and drink in the desert. Could you show us a real miracle? Like this beautiful Beit HaKneset that's full of so many Yedidim v'chavivim. Says Maran Ravshach Zechatzak Lavracha. When God promises us, Hine Anoichi Koireis Bris, Neged Kalamcha, Esen Ifloi Sashaloi Nivru Vachalaharetz Vachalagoyim. When the Almighty promises with a treaty that He will make miracles that surpass the miracles of the Exodus, this was the miracle that God was referring to. The miracle of Jewish survival, which is indeed a greater miracle than Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And if we can be so bold as to say that if Pesach is a yomtif that celebrates the Exodus, and Sukkot is a yomtif that celebrates Anani Akavod, and Shavuos is a, a day that commemorates the miracle of the giving of the Torah, then the greatest yomtif of the year is the day that celebrates the greatest miracle in history. The miracle of Jewish survival. The miracle that we're going to read about today by Mincha. Hine anoichi koires bris neged kal amcha esen neflois asher loy nivru v'chal ha'aretz. And you know, after this whole three weeks, we have Shabbos Nachamu. What exact, what's the Nechama? I must have missed it. What is the consolation? How have we ever been consoled? We're waiting for consolation. But Shabbos, Nachamu. The answer is the consolation is Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami. Our people are still here. 
And that's a greater miracle than anything HaKadosh Baruch Hu ever performed in the history of the world. And that miracle God didn't do for your grandparents. And He didn't do it for your great-grandparents. He did it for you. Think about it. The greatest miracle in the history of the world God made for our lowly generation. That means the greatest giloy shechina in the history of the world is in 2022. Two years ago it wasn't as great. Today it's even greater. That means as much as Hashem loved our ancestors, He has a special ahava for His ben zakunim, which is us. There's something that we find favor in the eyes of Hashem more than any generation in history. Because He didn't make this great miracle earlier on. He made it for us. Which means Hashem really loves us. And He really values our mitzvahs. And He really values our Torah. And He really values our tefillah. And He values every time we say Amen. And every word of Torah we learn. And every zechusa we accrue. As much as God loved the merit of our ancestors, there's something special about our merit. And the famous question, if our ancestors couldn't bring the Mashiach, how are we going to do it? We don't know why God loves us so much, that He made this great miracle for us. But apparently He does. And that means we've been empowered to take it to the finish line. We've been empowered. Our mitzvahs are so beloved by Hashem that they have been empowered by the Almighty to bring it to the grand finale. So in the merit of our coming together this afternoon, I thank the Marda Asr Shlita for allowing me to join you to share a few thoughts. And uh, we always, uh, I cherish my friendship with the Rav and the whole Kehillah. So may we all be zoicha together to see the fruition of the prophecy of Aaron HaKoyen, Chag Lashem Machar, that tomorrow, in the far off future, Shiva Asr Batama should be transformed, V'tzayim HaRavi, V'tzayim HaChamishi, V'tzayim HaShavi, V'tzayim HaAsiri, Yiyeh L'Beis Yehuda, L'Sasayinu L'Simcha, Olamayadim Toivim, V'hoyames, V'hashalayim Ehavu. Thank you very much. And we should all be zoichet to the Bias Gael Tzedek. Meher v'yominu. Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.